There was an idea. The two podcasters could join together and cover every single superhero television show and movie that exists. Scott and Chris combined their talents to form Binge Storm and to make this idea a reality. Then Barry Allen popped in and reminded us that short of having time-altering super speed, there's no way in hell we can accomplish that in one lifetime. We'll do what we can. So, anywho, welcome back to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Well, I guess they they just like this year legalized sale of them in New York, if I'm not mistaken. And so, yeah, you're seeing which is it a? I'm going to get this in show actually. Uh, so let's, let's say three Hari Krishnas, Hari Krishna, Hari Hari, and say hi. Welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to uh, Hindu mysticism or uh, comics heroes on TV, something like that caffeine and uh we're covering still preacher season three episode two sons of bitches and i'm here with uh only a pat delmore tonight and actually a, a hero had to take the night off because having power outages in his area which always sucks so hi pat hey you like grubs i, I love grubs and, and and anything that you can put into a grinder and make into consomme Something like that. <laughs> uh, we're also uh, t- uh, laugh track. Tina is with us tonight. Hopefully, we're going to get her to speak a little bit because I just made her rewatch this with me. Hi, so, everyone. And so, uh, so she has no excuses. She, she was right here with me, and, and we'll try to get her to hit all the good laughing points that she was while watching it, while I'm rereading it, so we can get that experience, I guess. Uh, also, apologies in advance for the air conditioner. It, going to have to be on or we'll die here. Uh, it's quite hot and this is being recorded on July 3rd so there's also the added bonus of very loud explosions that will be happening in the background probably frequently. So, Yeah, my window's open too so it <laughs> could happen as well. Uh, well. We're right across the street from somebody who has some, uh, some particularly powerful ordinance apparently because uh, I'm in New York State and apparently they just this is going to be my little fireworks rant because this is the show I'm recording it on. But uh, it just legalized like sale of fireworks in, in New York. Um, I guess the closest place we could go before this was Pennsylvania, and you actually see big billboards bought by a company in Pennsylvania around here. You know, around this time of year, so people know where to travel to. But now <laughs> you're seeing these big uh, tent sales on the sides of the road with just tons and tons of, of fireworks uh, for sale for any fool that wants to come by and get himself some finger-blowing-up explosives. I uh, expect there will be a lot of them in the next couple of days, and hopefully none of our vehicles. But. So yeah, New York State, come here, because it's always a great idea to give explosives to drunk people, especially when right. it's going to be 90 degrees out. And... Uh, <clears throat> Just waiting. I live in. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I live in wildfire country. Yeah, over here. Yeah, right. I'm in the I'm in the cities, but I'm surrounded by, you know, all these brush fires. This time last year, the air was literally yellow. Yeah, nice. It was it was nasty. Yeah, always good to put that in the mix too. Well, we haven't had rain in a few days now, and it's been just ridiculously hot. 
And so probably not a great idea for a lot of sparks to be gone off around here either. But yeah, you guys are in the area that it like wipes out whole counties. So yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, stay safe and, and moist. Always stay moist uh, if there's an <laughs> oncoming wildfire. I guess it's <laughs> my personal advice, having never been near one. Uh, moist sounds good. I just know how many people hate the word moist, so I'm just going to keep saying it. As I know much a guy who's friends with the actor that played moist. That played moist. We we do love yeah. moist the uh, the uh, character. But, yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to drop in some uh, Doctor Horrible on this one, but <laughs> let's continue or get started, I should say. Uh, so, uh, in a flashback, Hal, a teacher at Angelville High School, meets with young Jesse to request that Grandma cast a spell on a student who fell in love with him after uh, one simple hand job. apparently. Um, Jesse warns him of the rigid rules around paying grandma. And this, you know, you kind of know from the outset this guy's going to, you know, setting up the domino. Of course he's going to screw grandma and get himself in trouble later. So a week later, Hal comes up short in his payment for grandma's services and then brings a late payment to uh, Jesse. And, uh, Jody, TC, and young Jesse chase Hal down in a truck, and Jesse beats the shit out of him quite soundly. And and I just gotta put a little personal thing in here that it, I just love how this show is no problem, you know, is uh, loves to beat the shit out of pedophiles. Um, yes. Saw it in season one, and you just really can't have enough of it. <laughs> uh, at Angelville, they strap Hal to a chair as uh, TC wheels in a machine. Uh, now poor Hal thinks, you know, worst that might happen to him is get his fingernails pulled out. Uh, but apparently it's his soul that uh, Grandma's going to come and extract for him. Um, and this is what apparently enables her to stay young. I'm sure there's no foreshadowing going on there. And uh, Hal screams as the machine goes to work on him. We roll our credits. Back in the present, a disguised hair star rings the doorbell of Krishna headquarters. And, uh, <laughs> Jesse uh, gazes at the soul-stealing machine in Grandma's house for a minute in the uh, present. Cassidy sits by Tulip's side as she struggles to recall details of her time in purgatory. And Cassidy informs Jesse that the Grail killed Tulip and insists they seek revenge. And Jesse first uh, says they gotta basically you know, convince Grandma to let him go one way or another. And uh, Cassidy, a great scene between uh, Gilgan and, and uh, I can't think of his name now, Jesse, the guy who plays Jesse. Dominic. Dominic Purcell. Not Purcell, that's freaking... Cooper. Cooper. Cooper, Dominic. Yeah, although Dominic Purcell would be awesome in this show somewhere, so find a place for him. Um, so, yeah, him and Cassidy have a great, very confrontational scene, and, you know, Cass is very... You know, kind of just being sarcastic and, and an asshole, and uh, he's obviously still a little torn up about the "you should have let me make Tulip my, you know, let me make Tulip my vi vampire bride" or something like that. Uh, but great stuff. Uh, Jesse walks onto the road and tries to command a car to stop, but his powers are still gone, and he calls Harris Star. And every time, this is like a running joke that just, one of those things that just makes you laugh every time you see it. And it's that fucking business card that says the Grail, top secret organization. You know, <laughs> just a simple little detail like that that just always keeps me smiling through this show. <laughs> um, so he calls Harris Star and leaves a message 
course, he's open voicemail on the top secret organization too, and says that he's ready to become the Messiah, and he asks Star to bring his soul. Remember, kids, little pieces of his soul that uh, Star still had from last season. Star and his henchmen uh, start to shoot up the place to, to the song uh, The Young Bloods uh, Get Together. And it's just a gloriously filmed uh, battle. Uh, some great, uh, you know, gunplay and overhead shots in slow-mo, and just they always knock it out of the park with the action scenes in this. That was my biggest laugh in the whole episode is that where Star runs out of bullets and is trying to reload his gun and the guy bumps him so he just takes the gun from that guy and shoots him. Yep, yep, like, you know, a good commando would do. <laughs> and, uh, and Star kind of receives a phone call and learns of Jesse's message. He then confronts the Swami, um, who start, tries to start some martial arts and Star just kicks him square in the balls. Um, and after, you know, almost a play on the Indiana Jones thing. Um, after the Swami refuses to serve Humperdew, you know, Star's basically about his business of, of, you know, knocking out the other false messiahs and, or making them swear allegiance. Um, he refuses and, uh, you know, fuck you, fascist, basically. <laughs> Star kills him. Jesse orders Cassidy to leave Angelville in a kind of a tense scene. He's just basically like, yep, you've served your purpose. You know, I think Dominic just, in the comics, there's, you know, just absolute hatred once uh, Jesse finds out Cass uh, slept with Tulip. And as we said last episode, they do it a little differently in the show um, as far as timing on when everything happens. But the, the same tension is there, and Jesse's just kind of like, yep, thanks, Cass, but time for you to go, basically, because I'm just kind of holding back killing you, you know, by just a, a razor's edge here. And <laughs> Gets to go, but of course Cassidy refuses to leave without Tulip, and uh, Grandma interrupts before it can get any more heated than that. Uh, TC chats with Cassidy, uh, who isn't interested in his small talk. Really wish Hero was around for some of these, talk about some of these scenes, but we'll, we'll ask him next time. Uh, of course, you know, TC's just like ripping off various hobbies of his and interests and and he's like, well, do you like this? Do you like gummy bears? I can only eat the red ones or, you know, some nonsense. And, of course, he's like, do you like drugs? And Cassidy's just like, and literally there's a bell that goes ding. <laughs> so Cassidy's like, drugs? Yeah, you know, let's get to know each other. The, the uh, light bulb goes off above his head, so to speak. Tulip looks around her bedroom, briefly remembers God Dog from Purgatory. Uh, Grandma summons Jesse and says that they have a lot of work to do. You've been gone a long time, Jesse. You owe me a lot of souls. Um, and he tries to convince her, of course, just to let him go. But she's like, yeah, not happening. You know, we've got like ten more episodes to do. You think you're getting off that early? Uh, Jody uh, introduces himself to Tulip by basically blowing up the target that she's about to try to shoot for some target practice um, with a grenade launcher. And he, of course, asks her what uh, death was like, and she's like, hey, is everyone always asking me that? It's like, died and came back. What else is anyone going to ask you? And that they bond over an assault weapon, which actually I think might have been like a combat shotgun. I'm not sure. Um, but Tulip spots Featherstone in the woods and, and goes and pummels her quite soundly. 
Cassidy and TC, uh, meanwhile, are bonding while getting high, and TC's dreams are disturbing, to say the least. <laughs> Something with Lucy Lou and worried about she had diabetes and was going to get a leg amputated. Something just... I don't know. <laughs> Cassidy's response to that is great, though. Yeah, he's just kind of <laughs> doing the nodding thing. It's, oh, re- oh, Lucy Lou, I love her. Yeah, you know, it's like... Yeah. And, of course, the you know, after the, the initial Lucy Lou diabetes thing, TC and Lucy Lou are having sex in the dream, and we're rotten, you know. <laughs> and it's just, you know, she has this look on her face that says, uh, I don't necessarily hate you. <laughs> just the actor playing was just killing it. How about that? <laughs> That, that line of uh, Cassidy's at the end, please tell me you're the worst person here. <laughs> right, yeah. He's like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> so Jesse finds uh, Tulip and Jody uh, dragging Featherstone and Hoover outside, and Jesse recognizes Featherstone as the jazz singer that we met in season two, and she was trying her, you know, her Matahari stuff on him. Uh, Jesse assures Grandma that they will kill the intruders in the swamp. Uh, Jesse, Tulip, and Jody march Featherstone and Hoover through the woods, and Jesse suggests they grind them up at Jody's shack. Uh, Hoover escapes while... Uh, well, let's see, we got to talk about this, this scene a little because the detail is just gloriously disgusting. And even my, uh, my lovely uh, medical tech over here was unnerved by the grinding and the the swamp consomme, and, and she plays in bodily fluids all day long for her job, so... Yeah, uh, that, that was That just, tells you something. Well done, Preacher. That was completely disgusting. You should give us a medical story, though, now. It's like the grossest medical thing you've ever had to deal with on oh, your table. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to know that. Oh, I don't know. Our audience is presumably Preacher fans, so you want to know, don't you, Pat? Well, I'm on the other. End, I'm on the exact other end of that. I'm the guy that brings the biohazard bin in ah, okay. after the other one is full and uh, disposes of the bio waste. Oh, awesome! Did you hear but that? I do. Yeah. Well, Pat says that he Tina can only barely hear the rest of this podcast because I'm the only oh. one with headphones. But I'll tell her. But Pat is the one that brings the bio waste to be. So, what's your official title? She'll understand if I just. Do uh, that. Hazardous waste technician. Hazardous waste technician. So uh-huh. He dumps uh, the, the, the after stuff that you guys probably shovel down to him in the lab. Yep. Okay, so so on um, second thought, I really don't want to hear any stories from either of you. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you gross fuckers at home will just have to use your imagination, I guess. <laughs> but even I was unnerved by the, the grinding a little bit and... and you know, obviously Tulip was unnerved when she realized what the consomme she drank earlier consisted of. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they they do a nice bloody demonstration of the grinder for him to to get the the pee pee pants going. And uh, Hoover escapes while Jody prepares the meat grinder. Jesse instructs Tulip, Cassidy, and Jody to track them down. Uh, Jesse helps Featherstone escape after revealing that he secretly left let Hoover go, and he asks her to inform Star that their deal is still on, and he's got to get him over here. Tulip catches Jesse in the act, however, and to Jesse Custer, what the hell are you doing? 
TC can apparently diagnose people by the contents of their colostomy bag, we learn. As, oh, yeah. as he smells grandma's and says that her serotonin is low, so we better get her some more protein. <laughs> I like that part. Yeah, well, that, yeah, it was just a nice little... Right back from commercial, too, they just hit people with it. It's like, blam, colostomy bag, there you go. Too late to look away, fuckers. <laughs> and Jody warns grandma that Jesse's got to be up to something. Grandma dismisses his concerns, pointing out that you know, I got the fucking biomagic on his ass. He ain't doing shit. Jesse explains with Tulip and Cassidy that he must get his soul back from Star so we can use Genesis to force Grandma to release him. Explosions. <laughs> For fuck's sake. How's the cat doing? The cat doesn't care, apparently. I guess that's just a dog thing. Cat's like, oh, the world's blowing up. Who cares? Feed me. So he vows to kill Grandma once he gets the soul, uh, his power back. And Jody and everyone at the Grail, uh, once he, yeah, once he restores his soul. Let's read our notes twice. Tulip and Cassidy agree to help, uh, although Cassidy's pretty reluctant at this point. Tulip and Cass, uh, sent a remote control car into the parking lot of the Boyd's family motel. Um, earlier, Grandma tells Cass that, you know, it'd probably be a good thing if the Boyd's don't know he's back yet. So, of course, Cassidy's gonna set this up to, to fuck with things. Um... The main guy spots the car along with a message that Jesse is back. The car explodes. Cass suggests to Tulip that they ditch Jesse and run away, but Tulip insists that they uh, keep Jody and TC busy, and, you know, she's just not feeling the whole urgency that Cassidy is, uh, obviously. Uh, she's right on plan, and she's still with her men, I guess. Cass worries that Jesse will become consumed with his messiah work again, you know, despite promising that he won't. Uh, Jesse visits his mother's grave with Grandma, who insists that she loved his mother, and he's like, well, he had a funny way of showing it. <laughs> she hears motorcycles in the distance and deduces that the uh, Boyds uh, know of Jesse's return, and she asks Jesse to dispatch Jody and TC to get rid of the Boyds and, and go help them. Jody and TC distribute guns to Tulip and Cass uh, to help fight them. Cassidy takes a shine to the grenade launcher, of course, who wouldn't? And the Boyd gang arrives and launches a dead goat from a cannon, <laughs> which TC jumps in and informs us of, like, its genus and species and a partially deceased goat. Yeah, it wasn't dead when he shot that goat. Right. A live goat. Yeah, no, it was partially deceased. It was still twitching. <laughs> <laughs> or nearly deceased or something. I don't forget what exactly Didn't he said. Didn't it actually bleat once? <laughs> Probably, yeah. And, uh, so uh, Jody explains that the goat is a voodoo telegram warning that they uh, they want to kill Jesse. And Cassidy, quote-unquote, accidentally shoots the grenade at them as they're leaving and the fight is on. Back in the house, Star uh, stealthily sneaks in and joins Jesse at the table a full, like, five minutes after he was, you know, in India, apparently. <laughs> Jesse demands his soul from Star, and he, he gives up a vial to him, and he starts to walk out on Star and tries to use Genesis and tells him to eat his own dick. But, yeah, and Star's like, oh, if only. Yeah. But, but soon realizes that Star gave him some kind of placebo. Cass gets shot in the shoulder after the Boyd gang leaves. Uh, Tulip goes to the house to get blood for Cassidy's wound, and we get a funny and tender moment between them. And she actually says, oh, I love you, Cass. But she, we can see that he's kind of taking in a probably different way than she intended it. 
Yeah, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> he pretty much is smitten in the comics, too, and I don't know if it translates particularly well on the show, but it is what it is. Star asks Jesse to become the Messiah again, of course, and Jesse demands his soul, and Star tells him it's in the car. But uh, Tulip spots the empty vial on the kitchen table, so she thinks that he has Genesis back already and is, like, betraying them. So she suddenly remembered God Dog's command that uh, he couldn't finish in the last episode, and it's, I'm counting on you to get those sons of bitches. And so she, she fucking locks and loads. TC informs Grandma that they chased off the Boyd gang, but that Jesse was not with them. And Featherstone gives Star uh, the vial containing Jesse's soul, but before Jesse can drink it, of course, Tulip, uh, Tulip starts shooting up the place, and Star realizes Jesse's plan to kill them, because idiot Jesse comes right out and says it, basically, and escapes with Featherstone and Hoover, but not before uh, getting a very specific wound, uh, which won't mean much to you non-comic uh, readers, but um, the hero must have just about been peeing himself laughing, that's all I'm going to say, because I was. Uh, but just extrapolate in your mind what the scar from Star's wound might cause him to look like. That's all I'm going to say oh, okay. about that. <laughs> yeah. I had a boss that I would draw that on his head for a long yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I think you must have been a preacher fan, because it's uh, happens pretty early on in the books, and, and poor Star has to live with the stares of people for a long time with that. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, amid the uh, the shootout, Jesse starts to double over in pain, choking as Grandma twists the napkin with Jesse's blood on it, torturing him with the, the voodoo magic thing. Never give up your blood to a bayou queen. Nope. Lesson learned. Star tells Featherstone and Hoover that he's going to let Jesse stew in Angelville for a while for his transgressions. Tulip apologizes to Jesse for foiling his plan. Jesse vows to Grandma that he will find a way to escape, and she orders him to start working. Tulip... Bang! Tulip uh, laments her mistake to Cassidy. He insists it wasn't her fault. It's going to be a Xanax weekend, kids, because we don't know what the fuck is gunshots and what's fireworks in this area of the city. That's going to be fun. Jesse goes to the Angelville tombs, mops the floors, and our old buddy Hal from the beginning of the episode, looking a bit worse for wear and one less eye, emerges from the shadows and begs for help. And Jesse just says, I can't, I'm sorry. So, so my fears about uh, this, you know, them getting out of Angelville too quickly was at least put to rest, because it looks like we're going to be there for at least one more episode. So that's a good yep. thing. Um, what do you think, babe? Good episode? I thought it was a really good episode. Mm -hmm. I kind of share Cassidy's concern that Jesse might still go the Messiah route. Yeah, well, absolute power corrupting absolutely and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, and he has made some dick moves with it before, let's be honest. He made poor Star shuffle, you know, a metric ton of uh, tape up his own ass, if I remember correctly. Wasn't that, didn't that happen in the show, too? Yeah, he did it on the show. Yeah, okay, I thought so. Um, yeah. 
I don't remember if he told anyone to eat their own dick in the comics, but probably. Uh, he did the go fuck yourself thing in the comics. Right, yeah, that. with Sheriff Root, yeah. Um, so, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, and they, they didn't try to, you know, in, in the first season, but they apparently decided they could probably get away with that now, so... So that's good. We'll, we'll get to see Rogan and uh, oh, I can't ever. Sorry, the rest of the producers. I can't ever remember your name because you're not as famous as Seth Rogan. What am I going to do? Uh, no, Sam Caitlin and someone else. Uh, Goldberg something? No? Not anymore, no. No? Oh, really? Initially, yes, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a different third guy now. Oh, shit. What happened there? Uh, I, was, I think that was only in the, yeah, only in the first season. Anyway, those dudes that make this wonderful show, we do love you all, even if we can't think of your names. But, yeah, I can see them just ramping up, you know, just keep pushing that barrier and <laughs> and, and going for it. <laughs> do we know who it is Star's talking about that's the, uh, what is it, the All-Father or whatever? We haven't seen him in show yet at all, no, so, yeah, so y- y'all are in for a treat. <laughs> Well, in for a big treat. Yeah, should be off the rails. Weird. They do it right. And uh, as I said, one of the promo pictures has a guy named Jesus Desaad in it. I think it's supposed to be Jesus Desaad, and that's going to be interesting to see if they can go there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are in for some fun this season. <laughs> um. I predict we'll probably only be in Angelville one or two more episodes, possibly, which is a shame, but uh, I, I showed Tina here the picture of uh, we're looking for stuff for the photo Photoshop for the last episode, and we, we found a picture of uh, Madame Langelle in the uh, comics, like, in her final form. And she's like, oh, is that what she looks like? And I'm like, probably. And Pat, Pat's prediction about her wearing a wig in the present is probably accurate. Uh, so that'll be exciting. <laughs> uh, so much fun. But again, I also don't really know exactly how they'll do this. Uh, you know, they've got, got the, the whole Hitler and Assface subplot. Too. Yeah, yeah. Watching the the opening titles again too. It's like Hitler's like in a Starbucks or something. He's got to be. If it's not a Starbucks, <laughs> I'll be surprised. Or at least, at least be a non lawsuit analog of a Starbucks. I don't know if they're going to want to really <laughs> risk that I one. Like, I could see Rogan in a meeting being like, okay, I know we said it wasn't going to be Starbucks, but now all this crap has happened with Starbucks. Right, it's like, so why not? Let's <laughs> do Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Still wouldn't recommend it as, as your lawyer, Seth Rogan, uh, if I were your lawyer. But secretly, I'm like, fucking go for it, man. You heard about how he turned down uh, getting his picture taken with uh, with Ted Cruz and his kids, right? Oh, really? No, but hats off yeah. to him. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was probably like, yeah, dude, do you even watch any of my movies? I mean, you... <laughs> I'm not exactly on your side of the fucking fence, probably. <laughs> well, he had to be at a... Um... He had to be at a conference on uh, mental health that Mitt Romney put together. Okay. Because he's a big mental health spokesperson. Yeah. So all these uh, young Republican types were getting their pictures taken with him, and then 
these two kids showed up. Um, I hope I'm remembering this right because he was talking about it on Stephen Colbert. I want to say these two kids show up, and then their dad comes up, and the, the dad is Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, no, guys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's, that might have been a dick move, but I secretly support it. <laughs> Nobody likes Ted Cruz. No, but you know it's really not his kid's fault that, that their no. father's an evil dick that looks like he belongs in Mayberry. Yep. Um, <laughs> she is. He's like, see, Mister Feely. Who's the, who's the guy in Mayberry? He like looks exactly like. I have to Google oh, that Jim later. Neighbors. Um, no, not Jim Neighbors. Another like, Mister Feely or something like that. No, that's like fucking. Never Dick watched Kangaroo. an episode of. Andy Griffith, so no. I just know the character. <laughs> Maybe Floyd. I don't know. We'll, we'll find a picture. Or you could uh, search this for us, you know, loyal listeners, and then email us at cheapscottproductions at gmail.com or our new blanket email for any little thing I do. We would we would love to, uh, to say your names on the show and uh, what you like and like this listener thinks this is funny and yeah, that's always fun hearing your name in a podcast. Right no, nope, have absolutely nothing yet. <clears throat> but that's all right. It's a holiday type time, so we'll give you a pass. Uh, Cheap Scott Productions, just the way it sounds. At gmail dot com. So chime in uh, and give us some ideas because we're just going to keep doing the same shit over and over again if you don't. So your silence is like like you know an endorsement basically if you don't tell us to do something different we we just assume that we're doing everything completely right which <laughs> there's no way that's possible so <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's all I got this week uh get the little preview of next week said we're still at angelville and and, and we're gonna see some interesting stuff because the preview ends with uh, Jesse with a top hat on, being like, "Welcome, all you Ooh. sons of bitches!" Yeah, <laughs> so I think the tombs are o- open for business, whatever that means. And Jesse's gonna be collecting some souls, and, and not necessarily his own for a while. So yeah, fully enjoying it. But I, I do hope we get out of Angelville like mid-season, maybe, and hopefully get back on the road and, and have some more adventures. I mean, we yeah, as we said, we still got to figure out what our space is up to and Hitler and the saint is out there and more grail stuff and holy crap they have a lot to cover this season so see how they handle it I want to see how he breaks away from his grandma yeah yeah I, I don't re- yeah and I'm, I'm actually in the dark so I don't remember exactly how it went down I just know it didn't end well for for Marie Langelle in the end but again it didn't end real well for Tulip at the end of that particular arc either so we'll see if they go back to that well and kill her again spoilers <laughs> uh, but I don't think they're going to I think they, they kind of covered that but you know man dog god could come back and just save her again and be like come on stop getting killed no time for all this so shall we wrap it yeah I will be uh, oh yeah you're I'll be away for uh probably the first uh, first full week of August I can probably come back cool that should probably about put us about a little after mid-season um, yep and yeah sweet 
think. I don't know how many episodes are... Whoa. Boom. Swish. Fireworks. Yay, America. I talked to... Um, what's his name? Mr. Hughes while doing a podcast with him and uh, Mike Zumo talking about Superman the movie, and he is... Sounds like he's very excited to get back on talking about preachers. So okay, cool. Yeah, I was definitely gonna contact him and, and see if he wanted to do our next one. So, sounds good. Yeah, and uh, anyone else really who would want to be on an episode of Preacher, if you guys are watching it, um, that's how pretty much every guest I've ever had, <laughs> I've invited on a show. You know, or somebody has told me they listened, and I'm like, come on the show sometime, and then they end up a co-host. So. You can too. I <laughs> just message me on the Facebook thingy or, or the email, cheapscottproductions at gmail.com. And uh, we'll try to make that shit happen, man. For Weekly Heroics, say hi. We need to make Tina laugh one more time. What can we do to make her laugh? Let's see. Tickle her! <laughs> there we go. Aww. Let's go to the classics. Uh, you're going to be just like uh, Chris and Cindy Franklin. I'm in deep shit now. All right, that's the week of heroics. Until another week happens or something like that. We'll be back next week whenever next week gets here. Bye now. Bye. On the next episode of AMC's Preacher. I'm stuck here. We're just unsticky. No. Don't go near my grandma. You gotta get out of here right now. I'm not leaving. They'll chew them. If you're gonna stay, it's gonna hurt. If you're thinking of messing with Miss Marie, don't. You're going to do what you're told.